Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Surfcast, Mobile Surf's Canadian tech-focused podcast. This week, we're talking about actual things that were revealed at WWDC 2022. There's no plan for this podcast. It is happening out of nowhere because it was the only time that we could fit it into either of our schedules today. So this is this is cast. off the cuff. Yeah, this is off the top of our heads. Um, we're, we're coming with the heat. We're coming with the smoke. Hopefully it works out. I'm Patrick O'Rourke and Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech. He is in California at WWDC. How are you doing, Brad? What up, everybody? I'm doing great. You know, being here has been kind of awesome. It's like a nice little check off the bucket list. And uh, I got to check out Apple Park. I, I haven't said it to you yet, but I took a video yesterday on my iPhone where I was like, I ran away and I like found an apple tree and took a picture with it. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, that's, that's what I what wanted. Else? That's all I wanted from from your whole time down there was I wanted you beside a tree. It's it's yeah, it's great. Um, one of my events yesterday was the App Design Awards, which uh, Canadian app actually won one of the awards. So maybe I'll mention that briefly, but it's um, uh, the Lego Castaways, like sort of adventure action game. It uh, oh, cool. Gameloft from Montreal. They won uh, an App Design Award and they know the Transit app. Transit, I think it's just, just called yep. Transit, the Mont- like, green one. Montreal-based uh, developer. Correct. They were up there as well. So I'm going to have a story up uh, about them too. I interviewed both the developers that were nominated or both developers from the app teams that were nominated. So that was actually a cool one. But at the end of the show, our handler was like, are you guys ready to go? And I just like looked at her and I was like, okay, um, I know that tree is like, it's like sitting like 20 feet sort of out of bounds. It's like, I can maybe see behind the stage from there. But if I just like run over and take a picture of the Apple tree, the Apple campus really quick, because that's funny. Do you think that they'll, they'll give me trouble? And she was like, I would just be really, really quick if I were you. I was like, okay. And I just literally like sprinted over there. You can basically get away with anything as long as you're quick with it. And, and nobody is like really entirely paying attention. I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to that that photo. I think you should probably write a whole blog post about it. Just yeah, it's a video. You, you beside it's the a, apple tree. Yeah, well, I, I have a, I'm working on a vlog right now called iPhone Goes Home. And it's just sort of like my experience sort of shot on iPhone at WWDC. Well, I'm not working on it. I'm just filming it as I go. And I'll, I'll put it together maybe later this week. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping there's going to be some fun moments in there. But anyway, should we talk about the MacBook Air? Let, let's do it. Let's get into the MacBook Air. So that's obviously the biggest announcement from the event. I watched it from afar back home in Toronto. You were there. You touched it. What was that experience like? And I, I mean, I'm in the process of editing your hands-on that went up last night. So like, what 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 was it like? T- tell us. Uh, it was pretty awesome. As per sort of normal Apple event, the keynote ends and we all just get rounded up and we got brought down to the Steve Jobs Theater. So the keynote was actually at like Cafe Mac, the giant cafeteria. Really cool. um, and it was like half inside, half outside. We actually got lucky. We were like walking into the event with the Canadian contingent and Josh was just like, do you guys want to sit? We can sit in like these three rows. That one's in the shade. We're just taking the shade one. And everyone's like, yeah, we're taking the shade one. And we just like, yeah. sat in the shade. it was nice. Um, but yeah, we got to Steve Jobs Theater, which was honestly like a dream come true in its own. I shot all my A-roll inside just because I wanted to like show it off as much as I could. Um, 
and yeah, there we walk in. It's like a huge display of the new MacBook Airs. Uh, less colors than I was kind of hoping for. We have this new yeah. blue hue called Midnight, which that was is the best fun. one. That was online. That's the one that stood out to me. Yeah, in person. I mean, the Steve Jobs Theater, the lighting's a bit odd, so you're getting a lot of natural light from the sides, and then sort of a mix of light from the uh, from the ceiling. But it's not. I don't, I don't think it was daylight balanced. It was like had maybe an inch of a yellowish tint to it, just like yeah. a, a hint of like warming things up. And there was a lot of aspects in the event, like in that that room where the the what's it called not starlight the midnight uh color wave looked really really black like it was really hard to tell like these curtains behind me i don't know if you can tell they're like looking blue like when the light shines on it the right way you kind of catch that catch that blue hue but it's it's darker than the iphone 12 pro and it's darker than the imac i i compared it to those two things in my video but i i think i should have said that it's it takes that a step further so what what else like for me the big thing is the design right like that's what's yeah. to me this doesn't look like the old uh, MacBook Air anymore it doesn't have the wedge shape it's flatter it kind of looks like I don't know like, like the a, MacBook Pro went on a diet MacBook right Pro. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's compressed good MacBook Pro. what <laughs> what did you think of that because like you know me that's what I care about is like what what tech devices particularly Apple products look like were you yeah. fond of that new look and that new design. Um, yeah, I was. I I don't know. I was kind of hoping we were going to get a white keyboard. I know we talked about that last week on the podcast, but we're just black keys again. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm fine with it. I mean, in the hand, it feels really, really nice. Like I know, um, you know, when you hold a new MacBook Pro, like those rounded edges the first time, you're like, oh, yeah, that actually feels like it just like nestles into my palm a little yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, the MacBook Air felt like that, but also incredibly light and incredible like weightless almost you know what i mean like when it's open and it's in your hand and the weight's like spread out through the entire sort of uh body extended of it i guess it, it feels really really light like i was so busy like videoing and videoing and videoing it i was just like touching it on the table and then uh near the end i was like asked one of the apple people i was like i was trying to take thumbnail pictures didn't end up using any of them because i i don't know what i was doing i was holding the mac like so far from my body like it was gonna give me covid but um <laughs> But when I was like holding it, I was like putting it above my head and like I had it closed and open and it was just like when it was closed, it just felt like the nicest little like folio kind of like device. Like it really, really cool, like nice, smooth in hand feel and like weightless. It's uh, I think 0.1 of a pound lighter than the new MacBook Air, but I also think that not wedge shaped design helps spread the weight more evenly across the entire chassis. Sorry, than the old than the old MacBook Air. So it's only slightly lighter than the old one. Okay. Yeah, like zero point one pound lighter, it. so it it's not actually lighter, I would say. But I th I think because it's not a wedge shape, so the weight's not like pushed more towards the back. I think it balances out a little nicer in your hand, and that and that makes it maybe even feel a little lighter. So what about like I/O and ports? It's got two USB C. Yeah, USB Cs. I think they're Thunderbolt threes. They go up to like forty gigs per second. That's only enough. Thunderbolt three, really. Yeah. Well, it's the consumer. Okay. Forty gig, forty gigs per second is is fast. You know what I mean? No sure, SD card sure. slot, which I'm sad about. I just, I, I just thought they were gonna put four in it just because it's the new device. But I, I, I Apple's done that in the past with with kind of the last gen um, tech. I'm just gonna finish this curtain. But yeah, they didn't even pull it over. Pull that curtain over. There you go. You got it. Nice and um, dark. It looks like you're in a dungeon. Movie. Yeah. Okay, I gotta pull it back up. <laughs> Sorry for wasting all it's that. It's all good. Um. Um. Uh, I was going to say the ports. Yeah, so we got the two USB-C ports. They're both on the same side, which I'm a little nervous about. I'm hoping that, like, they're not connected to the same, like, port controller. So you can actually get, like, 40 gigs per port. And if you go into, like, one, it's not that would be cool, down yeah. the other. Um, I'm sad that they're not on opposite sides. I think that would have been a really smart move for Apple. It's just, like, it's just handy to have Which one on Which side are they sides. on? 
Uh, both USB-C ports and the MagSafe port are on the left, and the headphone jack is on the right with the fingerprint scanner. And it's the same that's function a- row that's on the new Mac Pros. I hate that it messes up my I'm, I'm not you're going to be doing the review for us, obviously. But I remember when I reviewed the first M1 MacBook Air, the fact that the ports are on the left hand side messed up my entire office setup. I, yeah, I did that's, not enjoy that. That's actually going to mess up mine as well. Everything for me, because the MacBook Pro has the HDMI on the right hand side. So, yeah, that's yep. like my display side. Oh, and with the, me. the worst part about the new MacBook Air. Not that there's that many worst parts. And if you're buying a MacBook Air, I think you probably know this. You probably like fine with it, but um, it only supports one display still. It supports a 6K external display, which makes me think like we could definitely do like two, okay. two 1440p displays. No problem. Maybe in a 4K and a 108. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of bandwidth in that 6K sort of headroom. I don't know why we couldn't do two. Probably kind of what I was saying before. I'm worried about it because both the ports might be connected to the same controller or something. But then again, yeah. did you find ways around that with like the Cal digit dock and stuff before? I've never tried to hook up two 4K monitors. Um, I just have the but two one. externals. Have you ever got two? Externals I've never done a... two externals. So I've I I know that people have found a ways ways around it with CalDigit. It's a accessory company, likely based in California, that makes like one of the best Thunderbolt docks for Macs. Um, they have a new one that just came out too. I can't remember the model number, but every like that's what people use to get two monitors up and running. I don't know how it works. I I just haven't messed around with it because I just have the one. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people just have one, but once you have two, you're like, I can't buy a computer that doesn't support them. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, get, no, like, exactly. Into that, like, high, like I have two at home and it's like, well, you can't even get the 13 inch pro, which is, I got an M2 upgrade as well. It's a bit of a strange one to see that get upgraded. No chassis change, still got the touch bar. Same exact um, thing. Yeah. But it's got an it's, M2 chip it, and it also only has two USB-C ports on one side. And one of those has to be for the charger. I'm pretty sure, which is like, Maybe one of the higher about, specs might have four, but I think it only has two in all the specs. I think it only has two in all of them. I, I yeah. was thinking about and no that, and it's one of it's one of the most perplexing decisions to keep that MacBook line around. Like, just get rid of it. Like, just ditch it and make the entry and they level kept the MacBook M1 Pro here around two. Very strange. Very strange. I think like this. Uh, I, I guess it's the the Tim Cook era of Apple is like very reluctant to just kill off products. Um, yeah, to kind of make like the it. line it, it's, it's just very strange i i was shocked to see that i thought that if we were going to see the m2 and the pro it would be in like the entry level macbook pro um and then it would be yeah. like the new design but with the m2 that didn't happen yeah yeah it's strange because like the air is supposed to be the entry level but now it's like well there's entry level m1 macbook air which is still a fantastic computer there's really nothing wrong with 100. it so it, Great. Apple can definitely keep selling it. Like it still is out competing Windows laptops of similar size, weight, category, whatever. Um, but it's just like it's strange because the Mac, the new MacBook Air is like two hundred dollars more. And what do you get? You get like a 0.3 inch bigger screen. You get the MagSafe connector. You get the new design um, and the M2 chip. But it's like if you're buying an Air, do those things matter to you as much? Oh, I know it's only two hundred dollars, but it's like yep. also if you're buying the Air probably on a budget you know what i mean like that's the no for sure that's just like the bottom you know that's the entry level like my first macbook was a macbook air because it's how you get into the ecosystem but like if i'm thinking of myself in that situation where i was going to university and buying a computer then i'm probably just buying the m1 air still like you know that's still more than enough computer for what i would need for that and i i I guess it's fine and i like appreciate that apple has like macbooks in sort of more price categories for more people but 
I also always loved Apple for streamlining its product lines and having like very clear goals for each product. And it feels like those clear goals are gone because it's like, I think it's like $12.99 for the M1 Air, $14.99 for the M2 Air, and then like $16.99 for the M2 Pro, which is yeah, like a really are... strange deal because it's like the M2 Pro is like a smaller screen, less ports kind of, but it does have fans. So you are going to get like better performance there, which is really strange. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I think Apple needs to take those three computers and just, it should just be the M2 Air. Okay, so let's move on and talk about some of the other stuff from the keynote. Wait, the last thing I want to say about the Air. Go ahead. Um, This I didn't know until I was at the event. I was actually, so one thing I realized at the events is if you go beside a really big name YouTuber, then you get to hear all the cool stuff because the people like to talk to those people. Like I was beside Marquez because there's only a few uh, uh, Midnight MKBHD, right? Yeah. So I like see an opening, shoop, he sees the same opening. So we just like both descend on this MacBook. We're like filming it with our cameras. But the like Apple person is just like, oh, Marquez, I'm so hyped. And he's just like talking to Marquez the whole time. And I'm on the sidelines like, yeah, whatever. I'm cool too, guys. Yeah, I've, <laughs> um, I've been there. Yeah. But yeah, he's like, yo, Marquez, have you seen the color match cable? And he, I like, I've been all around this table, like all the, just been doing laps, had not seen a cable pulled out yet. The guy like pulls out like a navy blue MagSafe cable. He's like, check this out. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> and I was like, what, why, is, why aren't those just out on the table for everyone to see? Like, um, but yeah, so it's like a pretty cool like all the all the new uh, MacBook Airs have color match cables. Even the Starlight one comes just sort of like a beigeish one. It's pretty cool. That that was really excited about that. Even so I oh, do and like the new Power Brick. We should talk about that because that's a very strange one as well. I think is this I wrote this a whole Gan post. Brick we've been hearing about. I it's, I don't think it's a Gan Brick. I wrote a whole post about it yesterday. Um, so essentially, small. as as long as you have like the proper wattage available, it's capable of charging two devices at once. And I, there's a bunch Both of people at 35 like, watts, not at 35 watts. It's like it does a, split. Yeah, okay. it splits it right. I, I don't want to get into the specifics because someone will correct me. But like there's better there's better chargers out there. But I'm glad to see Apple finally releasing one. And if I were to be picking up a MacBook Air, just the idea that I could have like this one charger capable of charging two different devices like that appeals to your air and your iphone yeah no problem right like i I could just take that with me on a trip and i could charge my iphone and i could charge my air i like that i mean it's cool you wouldn't you wouldn't have something going like this (laughs) yeah that's that's what it looks like now and then i have um i have like a multi-port usb charger thing too but like it's nice to see apple finally releasing like its own take on that i know there's other ones that exist i know it's not a gan charger i get it but it's still cool to see uh, were people in the comments mad about it because it's not? Yeah, I made I made like a very clicky headline. Like this was low key the best uh, announcement from WWDC. So as yeah. usual, I was somewhat yeah, somewhat asking some for it to to, to an extent. Back there, yeah. Um, um, the one thing I'll say about the pricing of them is strange. So if you get the base model MacBook Air, you get the old like thirty watt charger, the standard one, one port. Um, if you pay an extra thirty dollars, you can either get the two port thirty five watt one. Or you can get the that. 67 watt charger that comes with the base model 14 inch Pro, which will fast charge the MacBook to like 50% in 30 minutes or something. And sure, cool. really quick. I don't know. I have the 97 in, or not 97 inch, the 97 watt one with my M1 Pro computer, and it charges it like really, really fast. So I'm assuming okay. the air would top up pretty quickly. Yeah, let's go. Now we have to really get into other stuff. Let's talk about iOS 16 really quickly. I guess for me, the big thing was the customizable lock screen. That's super oh, cool. Yeah. Kind of kind of mind-blowing that that is not a thing that apple had added to the lock screen before but it's here and it looks really cool kind of gives me like material uh you vibes to to an extent um the yeah, customization I don't know. What, what do you think of it? it is 
I don't know if it's giving me as much material U vibes because you can change the color there, but I don't think that color then like gets reflected throughout your operating system. I but guess I guess what I I'm mean getting more huge is, Apple Watch vibes. I get I guess, I guess what maybe I mean it's somewhere in the middle. The colors, the colors, the colors yeah. made me think of Material U, um, yeah. in in a sense. At least the the like custom lock screens that Apple showed off during the presentation. I think I'm actually like the most excited about the fonts. And I know you, that I love color, like weirdly enough, but like when they showed off a serif font, they were like serif font clocks. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you could tell like every designer in the house was like oh, a trend, a design trend. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was sick. Like, A, first of all, the notifications coming in at the bottom now is like, oh, finally. And especially the music one playing at the bottom, it's like, that is such a like annoying bit of hand gymnastics sometimes to like have to like skip tracks or change the volume. Like putting that at the bottom makes a lot of sense. Um, at the demo area, people were saying it looked like really crowded and felt weird, but I think we'll get used to it. And I think it's going to be hard to go back once iOS 16 hits. You know what I mean? I like the, the live thing that, activities too. I found that well, very useful as someone who like loosely follows sports and gets updates on their phone all the time. I like yeah. the way that those are organized because usually they're super intrusive. You'll have like a million notifications about like, the Colorado Avalanche is playing whatever team. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And being able to like track your Uber coming in with having to keep like opening the app and stuff. Very handy. Um, what about the widgets? So any, anything that you saw that you were like, oh, I got to throw that on my home screen. Cause I, I haven't looked too much into it, but I haven't seen anything yet that I'm like, that is a must for my home screen. Like even on the Apple watch, to be honest, I generally just keep it either like a classic yeah, watch face or one of the picture watch faces of like Alex or some of my friends or something. I'm very um, much not a widget. Activity ones. I'm not a widget dude. I didn't really use them when I uh, kind of switched between iOS and Android. I didn't. I don't really use them on the iPad. I haven't really used them on the iPhone. I didn't see anything when I was looking at them that would make me want to get into the world of widgets. I have it. I have it installed right here. I uh, the the iOS 16 beta. I just haven't yeah. had the chance to play around with it yet. So I, I will be able to let you know later today. But as of right now, like based on the presentation, I didn't see anything that like really, really caught my eye. Yeah, I'll probably throw like a weather widget on there if I can get like a carrot one or something. That would um, be useful, think, yeah. I don't know if I would do the the ring tracking. Just that's such a simple one, so it kind of makes sense. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I could get like a sunrise sunset one, that would be helpful too. But even then, that's like a, I'm just throwing that on there for fun. I don't really need that. Yeah, you don't actually use it. So what else do we have in iOS 16? We have editable texts uh, in messages and unsending texts in messages. That's cool. Um, I'm going through Siobhan Salmon's like tweet thread right now because he put yeah. a bunch of stuff in just like a thread. And uh, the craziest thing to me, I didn't even know this, this is actually nuts. I don't even know if you're going to like go nuts about it or not. Haptic feedback on the keyboard. Yeah, I, I wrote about that last night. I was okay. Up, nice. Up late, oh, I should be reading. Up late, I'm so sorry. <laughs> up late blog, blogging up a storm. Um, there's quite a few interesting, like tiny, tiny things. I'm trying to find my stuff. Yeah, so haptic feedback was one of them. The fact that uh, Face ID now works in landscape, which has worked on the iPad for a really long time, that's coming to the iPhone finally. That yeah. was something I was, I was excited about. And then right, like as as soon as we decided, no, we got to do this pod now if we're gonna do it. Um, I just finished a post about, uh, you know, when you're like at a friend's house and you've already hooked up to their Wi-Fi, right? Like you have the password, it's already yeah, yeah. connected. But you want to like, I don't know, put it on your switch or put it on your Xbox that you brought to your friend's house, but you don't know what the Wi-Fi password is. You can now go in on your iPhone to your connected, your, your internet connection and oh, view that so password yeah. so that you can actually use it on another device. Super simple, like this, the tiniest quality of life improvement, but I am unreasonably hyped about it because that Dude. happens to be all the time. 
I, I'm not, I was going to say, like, I don't actually know how many times I've been at people's houses. It's like early in the morning, like they're still sleeping or something. And it's like, okay, like I got to connect this thing. It's like, yeah, the Wi-Fi password. It's like, oh, geez, maybe is it in the settings? Like if I go into the settings, is it in there yet? Nope. And now it finally is. That's actually hype. I'm so excited. That's actually cool. What else does he have in that thread? Th- those are the three things that I've picked out so far uh, based on like playing around with it and what I've seen other blogs cover, but I'm sure there's lots of little things. Um, you can like make any photo in your camera roll like a PNG, and it seems like you can even do it just by dragging and dropping on certain photos, which seems really That's crazy. Cool. They show that often in an iMessage thing at the event, but yeah, I don't know. Siobhan's playing around with it here, and it's looking a little more interesting. He's like takes a photo of himself. It's like a full square photo, just drags, holds it, and it pulls just him out of it, and then he like tweets the photo himself. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Um, what There's, else we got? I did, I oh. honestly, other than the things we've talked about, I haven't I haven't seen much. There's a new duplicates album in the Photos app, so it's easier to delete those, which is pretty handy. Um, cool. uh, the new text, like the new search button on the home screen, I'm like pissed about. <laughs> I feel it like there was a of lot intrusive. of things. And it's like, we, who doesn't know that you just pull down to open search? You know what I mean? Like you accidentally yeah. do it twice a day. Like everybody does. There's no way around that. So I don't know who Apple's like sharing that with. But yeah, I felt like there was a lot of things at WWDC that it was like, Apple's like, we have this new feature. And it was like, okay, strange. I thought you already had that feature. Like that new What's it called? Center, not center stage. Oh, I can't. Even, I made a joke with this in my video, but what's that thing called where you can have all like the the sort of documents open on the side and then it's like switching switching between them really quickly on iPad OS. It's on iPad OS and Mac OS. Mm, I don't remember the name of it. It's not uh, stage manager. Yeah, stage manager. But even yeah. then, it's like okay, but doesn't the doc do like 80% of that? You know what I mean? Like your recently opened apps, if you like shrink them down, just you can just shrink them and they go there instead of using stage manager. Like I don't the, really see the big difference there. The thing that interests me with stage manager is the possibility of like opening stuff out in windows that are layered groups. on each yeah. other. I, I like, and this happened, I guess this is embarrassing to admit, but every single time I install a, a developer beta and this has happened for like as long as I've done this job, I'm like excited to try out these new features that I see during the presentation and I can never mm-hmm. immediately figure out how they work. Like they're never intuitive, particularly on the yeah. iPad OS side. I find myself like having to like look up guides to figure out how they work. And that's the case with stage manager. I couldn't, I, I spent like, to be fair, like I spent five minutes trying to figure it out right before I went to bed last night and I couldn't. So I was like, I'll do it tomorrow. But again, like what appeals to me about that is the possibility of like layering apps in a, in a more desktop like way. I've seen some people's early impressions that it doesn't really work like that. So I'm interested in trying it for myself. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Is like, yeah, it's a strange one, but it's just like, you know what I mean? Like the doc kind of did that. That was strange. And then the other thing where they're like, hey, you can, you know, bring your uh, continuity camera for webcams. It's like, that oh, that's so actually funny. sick. But it's just like every Mac, except for the Pro Display XDR, has a webcam in it already. So, like, what is that? Who is that for? You know what I mean? Like, is it for people with broken webcams? Is it for I, like Mac Mini owners? Is it you know so, like even even the new studio display has a webcam. It's a terrible webcam apparently. I haven't tested it out myself, but <laughs> it's not that bad. I've I've used it a couple times. It's 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 not great, but it's not quite as bad as people say. I guess the thing, it's funny. First of all, it's hilarious to mount your phone on top of a laptop, and even funnier is the fact that it it's like a Belkin accessory that you can use to to, to like attach to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it looks hilarious. I, I want to try it. Like it's a it's a neat idea. Same. But like my Mac, my MacBook Pro's camera is great. Every yeah. Mac camera that I've used for probably the last little bit has been pretty good. Too. It's totally fine because you know it's video chat. It's like what do you expect? So like, is this for people that have older Macs? Like or like you Maybe. said like a Mac Mini? Like who? I, I guess it's another one of those features where I just couldn't really pinpoint who this is designed for. Yeah, it, it is definitely like crushing Elgato though, and like a bunch of other of these like app manufacturers. Well, Elgato does a bunch of stuff, but a bunch of these like apps that popped up during the pandemic to turn your phone into a webcam. It's like, well, Apple took another another swing at the develop. You know what I mean? Like the flashlight app story. It's like, well, sort of that's happening again. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, the top down thing with that was like really insane though. Like um, they had it mounted, and they were like, it was like they were using the ultra wide lens to like yeah do a straight up like top down shot and it was just like they were de-squeezing it through software apparently it's like something yeah i don't know it's really really crazy it's like so, so basically like i believe the camera is here facing you so one of the lenses is filming you as a webcam and then the ultra wide lens is still facing you but they're like it can see down here on the table in front of your computer somehow and they're like that's using crazy. like you know when you can like warp photos in photoshop and you kind yep. of like warp them out of perspective i guess they're like inverting that and they're bringing that like warp perspective back in yeah we're not sure i was talking a lot about it with people last night because everyone is like how does that work like in the demo it looks so clean and it was like a perfect top down shot on a desk like was that on a macbook was that on like a pro display xdr like you know what i mean it seemed like that guy had some height there was the phone like tilted down was it tilted up like we don't really know we're trying to figure out but yeah that one's like the craziest thing ever but if they're actually just like putting a phone up there and it's like de-squeezing that and giving you two angles for like a top down for like teaching or showing something and an angle of you for talking that's like really really cool you but did a I quick no post about it work. you did a quick post about it during the event the car play stuff i oh, find yeah. kind we, of I, interesting i i know we were on a compressed timeline and you'll likely disagree with me but I truly never see this actually happening. Like I just do not see it ever happening. I know that there's car manufacturers signed up for it, but I just like, yeah. I, I it's cannot a strange list fathom. Of manufacturers too. It's so weird. I can't fathom a company just giving like the keys to the VIP to Apple to like every single display on the car. And in a sense that kind of, kind of scares me a little. I just don't see it happening. I don't, I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that because like car manufacturers are traditionally like very old school and very much like we design our own things and people love our things. Yeah. At least that's what they tell us. Um, but I think that secretly they know that their software is crap. You know what I mean? Like I think it was a year or two ago that Porsche came out and they were like, yeah, like we know our software is like nowhere near as good as the iPhone. Like our only goal is to make software that feels like iPhone level from here on forward. And like they said that out loud because they knew that they weren't doing it and like nobody else is either. So this will allow them to do that easily, which I'm hoping will like make consumers happy, which will like convince more manufacturers to get on board. Will it actually happen? Who knows? You know what I mean? I also like don't know if like, you know, people making these decisions at car factories are going to know enough about it to care. They'll probably be like, oh, the original car play, like, do people seem to like that? What are the numbers? And someone in the yep. room will like open up a folder like, oh yeah, good. People actually use it quite a bit. And they'll be like, all right, I guess we'll try the new one out and we'll put it in this model. And maybe next year we'll roll it up to three more and it'll be like a slow go. But you know, my next car is going to have to have that. Like that is so cool. Like you've read every single car review I've done. And there's like always like a 10 paragraph section. Like, hey, this infotainment looks like it's somewhere between 2003, 2011. I don't know. The software development team is like probably one old guy in a room. And it's like, 
I'm always complaining about infotainment looking so old school. So I'm just so happy to get like modern Apple design. Although it was Seems funny when they cool, announced but... it. There was a point where they were like, we just want to give you the most distraction-free driving experience possible. And they like pan out. It's like, here's your calendar widget. Here's the weather. And it's like, you don't need those things when you're driving. What are you guys talking about? Um, but yeah, it, it's sick. That was like my biggest thing. I actually talked to Andrew from the MKBHD crew for like, I don't even know how long, like 30 minutes about it. We were just like nerding out about it. Um, but yeah, it's like super exciting. I don't know. I, like the, the thing that I keep thinking about that I really want to know is like, will it run like real CarPlay like off of your phone? Like is your phone's horsepower? Like are you that's relying what, on your phone and the cable connecting it or the wireless connection connecting yeah. it to like control your um, speedometer and your like important instrument clusters? Like your, your engine saying. light will have to come on through air or CarPlay now. You know what I mean? Like. That's so part of a lot why of trust I, just, in like, the iPhone, I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I know we don't have much time. So let's talk about a few other things. There's watch OS nine. Uh, my big thing from that was just that like some of my more, some of like the more popular personally ones that I like watch faces have been adapted to fit the series seven's bigger display. There's oh, like cool. new fit fitness features. Um, but there wasn't like anything that really stood out to me. Uh, there's, I like, I don't even have that much to say about it. I, I would really love to see Apple do more with watch OS and the Apple watch in general. And I'm hoping that the pixel watch pushes that forward. Like, that's what I really want to see. But like, overall, yeah. there wasn't much to write home about if particularly in Canada, like the, um, what's the feature called the, uh, arterial fibrillation. Like that's not coming to Canada at, at launch. Who knows if it, right. That will take will. time to get regulated. Um, yeah, Health Canada has got to approve it and all that fun stuff. There's a possibility of it coming here, but who knows, right? There just yeah. wasn't a lot um, about it that to, to get excited about. Should we just skip to iPadOS? Because I'm going to be honest, when they did the watchOS stuff, which one of them was writing the CarPlay thing, and I literally noticed this, none of it. So it <laughs> yeah, I got, got nothing on that one. Yeah, so there's watchOS. I want to talk about that. Um, there's the new Home app. I had that in my notes. Like, for oh, me, yeah, that's, that's exciting cool. as someone with like a lot of smart home devices and who sometimes uses the Home app. I was looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. iPadOS, I think, again, what I was talking about before, the biggest new feature is Stage Manager. I haven't tried it yet. monitor yeah multi-monitor too that's cool but the, my question with the multi-monitor support which is something that i've asked in like every apple briefing that i've ever attended tied to the ipad <laughs> is do, like do developers have to adapt their apps to support multi-monitor because that's the way it kind of worked before there were certain apps where like you could have stuff on two screens is this an expansion of that where it works with every app i was a little unclear after the keynote yeah, I, from to me, it looked like it was every app this time. Like it, it seemed like they were just like, we have enough power on iPads to run two displays. Like we'll just do it. Um, and I'm hoping that's I'm hoping that's the case. There was a lot of stuff about iPads, you know, being more computer like. I mean, every year there is. They're just just dragging it closer and closer to the MacBook as slow as they can. Um, but I, I think just because of that overall like trend line, I'm I'm pretty sure it would, I'd expect it to be all apps. I can see if I can. Find it's getting the weather app too. The weather app that's exciting. We covered that this morning. Big big announcement. iPad weather app finally. Maybe all we need is Instagram now to make a, an iPad app. Whoa, they would never. No, <laughs> they, we happen. don't deserve it. We haven't been good enough this year. Maybe next year. Um, what else do we got? Oh, all that shared photo library stuff was kind of interesting. I don't know how much I would In use iOS it, 16? but that. 
Yeah, but that one uh, specific feature where it's like, hey, if you and people that share photos together are all in the same place taking photos at the same time, we might give you guys a little notification and ask you if you want to share. And I was like, that's actually pretty handy. That's pretty cool. Um, I don't know how often I would end up using it, but like I've been on family vacations before where it's like at the end of the day, everyone's like, okay, like sharing all your photos and being able yeah, to just like automatically do that at the start of the day would be pretty, pretty sweet. Um, although yeah. the edits like changed across all that. I'm not sure if I want like, if you know, if I have all, like as a photographer, like if I have all my photos and I've gotten my photos from ants and everybody and I'm like editing them and then like an ant goes in and like doesn't edit on one of my photos, I would lose my mind. Like, no, you don't touch those. <laughs> you edit, make your own copies. Or, but, you know, she turns stuff. up the brightness on your photos. Yeah, she's just over <laughs> cranking everything. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, iPad OS. I'm sorry. I was just looking at the iPad OS screen on the Apple website to see if I missed anything. And it's starting with all like the basic sort of features that are on iOS as well, like the new iMessage stuff. Being able to edit and delete stuff is pretty cool, I guess. Well, that's that's the thing with iPad OS, right? Like it even didn't have that big of an emphasis during uh, the keynote because so many of yeah. the features from iOS come to iPad OS. They're two separate things, at least how Apple presents them marketing wise. But really, they're still the same operating system in several ways with like a few exclusive features on on either side here's a question with focus now actually being applied to the email app like we were literally talking about last podcast i can't believe that actually happened but are you going to give apple email a try i feel like i have to now that i've put my big mouth out there and said all that but i'm thinking i was like hyped when it happened i was like oh my god no way i can't believe they actually did that like i can predict (laughs) i am really really tired of of gmail um yeah and i've I've strongly considered like switching to Apple Mail, but uh, like a lot of things, I don't know if I'll, if I'll actually pull that trigger. We'll see. Yeah, I've been stuck on Spark for a long time. Although Spark is fairly quick to adapt new features, so maybe they'll they'll take it because there is an API for it. I think Outlook already supports it, but only on it's true. mobile. I don't know if there's an Outlook app for Mac that you don't like that you can get for free. Um, okay, do we, yeah, that was really do, cool. Do we have any final thoughts on stuff? Because I know we gotta we gotta wrap this sucker up. um yeah not not really that i can think of i think um overall pretty exciting stuff you know updates that you're right that like we set up the hop i think the most like consumer facing stuff like the new lock screen is what people will really enjoy we definitely need to like brainstorm like a bunch of like stories to write about that as, for when it like comes out like how to customize and yep. like do all that stuff because i think that will do really well um but yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess the one thing is, is like we were predicting a lot of like groundwork being laid for like AR stuff being announced. And Nothing. maybe that was at the sort of like developer state of the union conference. But at the the keynote that we watched, there wasn't a whole Absolutely lot there. Nothing. You know, the CarPlay yeah. thing potentially laying the groundwork for an Apple car. If Apple would ever even make a car, who knows? Um, but, you know, it didn't seem like a lot of AR groundwork being laid. And the hardware was just the the MacBook Air. Like I mean, there's the MacBook Pro too, but like the M2 MacBook Air was was the only like big piece of hardware, which isn't unusual, right? Like WWDC typically only has one one new thing, and sometimes it doesn't even like you're not even able to go hands on it, hands on with it. It's like a tease of some sort. That, that's yeah. what it was with the HomePod. Um, but yeah, I, I guess like having it's different when you're at the event. It's harder to pay attention. It's also different when you're covering it remotely because you're writing so many blog posts about it and you like kind of zoom out for some of it and and miss part of the presentation i think generally speaking a lot of the cool features are tiny things like tiny quality of life features across like every operating system um and there's a there's a lot of stuff to like be excited about but there's nothing like positively groundbreaking 
Um, it's yeah. really like a quality of life update year for Apple. And w where's TVOS? Nobody talks about TVOS. My, my oh yeah, that's true. Apple we have nothing system. there. Absolutely. Yeah, nothing. Uh, <clears throat> nothing there. Oh, there was something I had that I was going to say. Oh, the, just the last thing um, I feel like we should mention just for the Canadians, our fans, our people. Um, but the new Apple Maps update is coming to, like they're getting more yep. specific, cool, designed app things in Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto. And the Apple Maps, honestly, is like kind of a, it looks sick now. So it's getting better. I don't know if it's enough to switch me to stigma. use it, but uh, yeah, I'm maybe I'll do like a... <laughs> Yeah, maybe like a short or something like using Apple Maps for a week and just like really condensing it. Just, but I would like to find a reason to like force myself to like ex to explore the explore the maps. I know the the guy that develops for Transit. He, well, he was not a developer; he's the head of design, the Design Awards. Um, but he was like really hyped on the new maps, and he was like thinking of ways to try to like use the API to integrate it into their app and stuff. It's pretty cool. That's cool. Okay, let's let's wrap this up. That's it. Thanks for listening to the Stirpcast. This was a super unplanned, all over the place WWDC special. You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore Rourke and of course on mobilesyrup.com. Bennett, where can people find you? You can find me on mobilesyrup.com and on our YouTube channel. I've got a video with the new MacBook Air up now. And uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, just about everywhere at the Bradfat. And uh, feel free to reach out with any MWWD. Feel free to reach out with any WWDC questions if you uh, see this soon. And and, uh, or hear this soon, I guess. And I'm still here. And as always, you can find all of our content on mobilesyrup.com and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at mobilesyrup. Thanks for listening. Peace. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.